What's up, everybody? This is Ben Rogers. This is our live Q&A show with Dr. Tom Rogers, the Common Sense MD. And we are, it looks like our technical difficulties are getting a little bit better. Um, So if it is a little blurry, um, we apologize in advance. um, Our internet has been a, a little spotty uh today um but we'll let some we'll let some people get in here um and i'll just remind the people that are already with us um if you do have a question for for doc go ahead and put that in the comments and uh also maybe just say hello say hello to us we're um we're in a very oh it looks like i i lost him there um it's just me uh but we're in a very interactive mood today uh we're a little early um, and that was, that was intentional. Um, we're going at 515 today. Uh, we're going to try this out and, uh, and all right. And looks like he is back. There we go. Hello, doc. What's going on? <laughs> hey man, how are you? <laughs> you're, you're clear now. Like I can, I can see your face. This is awesome. Really? Huh. Well, yeah. These, these technical difficulties are out of my forte, but I'm glad you're doing this. <laughs> Well, uh, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and, and jump into the show. Um, hello to everybody who who is with us live. Um, we appreciate you guys being here. Hello, hello, um, Doc. You ready to go ahead and jump into the first question? Yeah, let's do it. All right, here we go. And I'll go ahead and read it out just in case you can't read it. Um, it is the first question. Do you get the same health benefits from an organic decaf coffee as you do from regular coffee? Well, you get better health benefits, in my opinion, just because, um, you know, there's less toxins and less mold in it. Um, it's almost a no-brainer. Um, you know, you probably have seen my podcast from this week talking about the benefits of coffee, um, including helping fatty liver, um, as well as the many other things that coffee do, like... It helps prevent type 2 diabetes. It helps you lose weight. It helps prevent dementia and Parkinson's, increases longevity, helps ED. Um, but, yeah, get if you can find it, get some organic, uh, blend organic uh, coffee. Um, any good coffee store or grocery mart has it. So, um, you know, but just drink coffee. I'm telling you, organic decaf coffee. Okay, um, so you're talking really decaf versus caffeinated. That's right. It's, um, it's you know, de- in the studies, it, yeah, they're not sure whether it's the caffeine in it or the coffee. Again, I think that um, the decaf, they think the benefits are from the coffee bean. So if you can't tolerate caffeine, then um, certainly the organic decaf coffee is going to be also beneficial for you. It's not going to wake you up as much in the morning, but those good antioxidants you get from the coffee bean itself are good. Um, So yeah, unless it's the caffeine you need for alertness, but um, they're not sure exactly why, but they uh, presume it's from the bean itself. So yeah, for some reason you can't tolerate caffeine because of tachycardia or whatever. Um, drink the organic decaf for so, sure. So organic decaf still has a lot of the same health benefits 
uh, as the the regular coffee. Big thing is organic and mold free. Based on. Say that one more yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right, that is a great great question. Hello, Deb. Hello, Barbara. Uh, we're going to get to y'all's questions here in a bit. I'm just going to remind everybody who's with us. Thank you for hanging out with us, for one. Uh, secondly, um, ask a question. We're here to hang out. We're here to um, answer any health and wellness questions you guys might have. Uh, and I'm going to go to the question number two. All right. I use D-ribose for achy muscles after a strenuous workout. Is it safe to use two to three times a week for this? Heck, yeah. And I use D-ribose every day. Um, just a little, it comes in a powder form too, is what I take. Uh, Life Extension makes a good one. And yeah, it's just for energy, really. Um, you know, I've heard it does help achy muscles after a workout, but um, the main reason I use D-ribose, uh, which is a particular form of sugar that doesn't raise your blood sugars, is more for energy. Um it comes to powder, I just put it under my tongue, you know, a couple times a day, and it seems to give me energy. Um, Am so, I, didn't you used to yeah. put that in your hey, coffee? You can use it every day. I used to, before I started drinking pure black coffee during my intermittent fasting, that's exactly what I did. So now um, I just use it at, uh, like after lunch under my tongue. So, uh, so granulated it, powder form. So can you, just for the people who don't know what D-ribose is, can you just give us a, a, a short little riff on what D-ribose is? Um, because I've, I've. It's just, a, it's just a kind of, a, it's just kind of a natural sugar um, that uh, gives, has all the benefits of energy without raising your blood sugar at all. So if you're one that needs a little sugar boost, just do a little D-ribose powder instead. It actually tastes a little bit sweet. Um, so how would, so, how would it help with achy muscles? Because I've also heard of it, you know, in the way that um, that this question is um, is asked. I've heard heard of it as kind of a post workout type thing to help with recovery. Well, you also you always hear about L glutamine and branched chain amino acids after workout. Mm -hmm. Some people say D ribose kind of helps ATP regeneration in the cells of the muscle. So um, that's my pre presumption that it does it that way. All right. Great question there. I love questions like that about um, stuff like to, to help recovery, which is actually um, our next one has uh, a little bit to do with uh, recovery. Uh, this is for post-surgery. Um, so the question is, post-surgery, what are some good things to do to help with less scarring when the incision starts to heal? So any sort of, you know, healing things that you recommend uh, to lessen scarring after uh, surgery? Um, a lot of people think that just Vaseline helps. Um, there's certain scar formulations that people use. Uh, some of the compounding pharmacies will a lot of stuff that has like D mannose in it and things, but um, certainly uh, a lot of your dermatologists just tell you to put uh, Vaseline gel on it, you know, real greasy stuff. Um, 
But uh, I, I think Aqua 4 is better than just plain Vaseline. It has a lot less petroleum in it. So Aqua 4 is a good one. Uh, some people put vitamin E cream on it. I think it helps. Um, but certainly, um, make sure you take your vitamins, all your other assortment of vitamins to help you heal for surgery. Get plenty of sleep, drink plenty of water, eat right. But um, those, those things, probably a little aqua four, um, is really good for it. All right. Thank you for that question. Um, here we are to the next one. Okay. And this is a two-part question. Uh, could not fit it on the screen for, uh, for the full one. So I'm going to go this, and then I'll, I'll go to the next one just, so, just to give you some context, Doc. Um, okay. What is your experience or opinion with using Peruvian maca root supplements to facilitate the body using what estrogen is left if estrone, if, even if estrone from the adrenals? And then I'm going to go to this follow-up. Can it be a protective measure for someone who can't tolerate uh, estradiol replacement? Man, that's a tough pair. Um I've used maca root. I don't know about Peruvian, um, but specifically, but um, maca is one of those things that can um, kind of stimulate your adrenals a little bit to produce more testosterone. You know, I don't really have a lot of experience with it, um, you know, in the use of estrogen. You know, you get some uh, aromatization of testosterone into estradiol if you so you know it's not going to hurt you it's in a lot of supplements you know mostly for menopausal or andropausal age men and women um you know it's one of those things that may increase libido a little bit they say but what's the second part of that question ben the second part Put that on there second part is can you use it can it be a protective measure for someone who can't tolerate E2 replacement? I haven't heard of that as being used in that manner um, as much as something like borage oil, which is evening primrose oil, um, you know, for some of the symptoms of menopause for people who can't take uh, estrogens. Um and I'm not sure what the reason you can't tolerate the estradiol replacement would be um, unless, you, you know, unless you've had breast cancer or you cancer or something and want to stay away from any form of estrogen. Now, you know, estriol uh, is one that um, is a weaker type of estrogen. You know, you have estriol, estradiol, and then estrone. Estrone is the one you want to avoid. Um, but estriol, we use that a lot as a vaginal cream. And I think you do get some absorption. So you might basically if you can tolerate a vaginal cream of estriol. Um, so that'd be something we need to look into. You might even want to get a Dutch test to kind of see how you metabolize your estrogens and, you know, which pathway, the 2, the 4, the 16 that your estrone is metabolized through. It's a urine metabolite test. It gets pretty deep in the woods. So, you know, that's something that you probably want to look into further. The reasons you can't tolerate estradiol, which is a more potent form of estrogen, um, 
versus the, the other one, but, um, uh, and what your testosterone levels are. That's a great kind of question. Obviously you're looking, looking pretty deep into it. I just have to probably look at your history and your symptoms and, uh, see what else we can come up to it with. If it's just, um, menopausal symptoms like hot flashes, night sweats, etc., dryness, then, um, you may be able to use some of the herbs like evening primrose oil, which is a really good one for symptoms and people who can't take hormones. Some of the, um, also the essential oils may be, uh, may help you a lot on this too. And then there's progesterone. Do you need progesterone? Probably do. And, uh, I'm big on progesterone helps a lot of symptoms as well. Um, but you know, estrogen has a lot of beneficial aspects, bone loss, heart protection, um, skin, hair, all stuff. So can you, uh, you, you mentioned, I wouldn't think maca is, is potent enough for what you're looking for, but I don't know. Can you, can you just describe the, the Dutch test? Um, because, uh, we, we, we don't talk enough about it, I don't think. Um, so for the people who don't know what the Dutch test is, you said a urine metabolizer. Can you explain just to, just in, you know, one minute what the, what the Dutch test is for people who don't know? Well, it's a urine test that you send home with you, then you send it in, you mail it in. But it's, it's kind of a, it's not a cheap test to run, but it's for those people that are really fearful of hormones or, you know, because they have a strong family history of breast cancer, say. Um, but it also looks at some of the other um, metabolites and neurotransmitters and some things. It's a pretty interesting test for those people who want to really take a deep dive on, on hormone metabolism. It turns out that the way Estron or E3, the postmenopausal form of estrogen that, that, that can be dangerous uh, is metabolized through different pathways. So it gives you kind of a, if you're really worried, it gives you in detail, maybe uh, the risk factors of you taking hormones. You know, most people don't need this test, to be honest with you. Um, so it's a pretty complex, deep dive in the woods with, um, uh, the hormones and neurotransmitters, but an interesting test, but go to the Dutch, uh, anybody who asked that question, look up the Dutch test and, and see if that's something you're interested in. We have them here at the office. If you want to, uh, come by and get it and then we'll go over the results when they come in. But, um, great question. That's a great wonderful question. question. And, and I'm going to, uh, just let everybody know we're, we have a, a few people here with us. Uh, thank you for, for hanging out. Uh, we're we're going to go to the live question segment of our Q&A show that happens every Tuesday night. Uh, we tend to go between 5.15 and 5.45. It tends to vary depending on what's happening uh, in office. Uh, and I also want to remind everybody, if you want just to – do a deep dive in all the stuff that we're putting out, go to our YouTube channel. Um, all you got to do is search in Performance Medicine. Uh, some of you are watching on YouTube now. Thank you for that. Um, but it is a pretty comprehensive library uh, of all of our shows, and we're putting up uh, around four a week. 
Um, so I would really encourage you guys to go check that out. Uh, just lots of lots of stuff up there, man. Lots of cool stuff. I uh, would love for you guys to subscribe um, and check that out. Performance Medicine on YouTube. All right, so here we go. I'm going to start off with um, Barbara. Hello, Barbara. How's it going? Um, she asks, what helps low TSH levels? Um, well, when you have a low TSH, that means you have more of a hyperthyroid uh, tendency. Remember, when TSH goes high, that means you have low thyroid, hypothyroid, which is by far the most common. When you have a low TH level and you're symptomatic with hyperthyroidism, then um, you know that needs to be looked at. You need a uh, you need uh, to check all the thyroid function tests out, and you have to rule out Graves' disease, which is hyper most common cause of hyperthyroidism. You may have a, a goiter, a toxic multinodular goiter. Um, you know, there's there are medicines that help take that down. The prescription medicines. Um, you know, there's you can get all the way into radioactive iodine and things like that. Um, but um, we use a lot of different medicines. I don't want to get into the, the depth of them right now. But we do have treatment of hyperthyroidism through medications as well. Um, you know, if you, it just depends on what your thyroid looks like. Um, if you talk to my surgeon brother, he's retired, but he took out a lot of thyroids, you know, a lot of goiters and, you know, the cure for Graves' disease sometimes, like the surgical thing is removal of the whole thyroid and then replacing your thyroid with uh, uh, prescription thyroid medicines. Now you can also go in there and kind of radio, use radioactive iodine to destroy the thyroid without surgery. And then before that, you usually put on a medication like PTU, propothyl or uracil, uh, to bring the, the uh, levels back to normal to calm that hyperactive thyroid down. So, you know, I don't know of any supplement that I can tell you to that will uh, bring your thyroid TSH back to normal, but that that requires a thorough workup if your TSH is below normal, and especially if you're symptomatic. Um, obviously, if you're on the thyroid supplement, your TSH goes too low, you're on too much thyroid supplement, so we need to back off on that, but um, you need to get all your thyroid function tests looked at. You need an ultrasound of your thyroid and uh, some antibody tests. So that's a great question there. I hardly ever get that question. Can, can you just real quick um, tell everybody what you look for in a, in a thyroid panel, what, what, what tests to run just in case um, people are interested in, in getting their thyroids checked? Well, just a routine test is going to be uh, TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone, a free T3, a free T4, and maybe – TPO thyroid antibody. Sometimes I look at a reversed T3 level. It all depends on symptoms and what I'm looking at. Hmm. But in general, at the very least, get a TSH, free T3, free T4. Perfect. Thank you for that, Doc. Thank you for that question, Barbara. Uh, that is one we do not get a lot of, so thank you for that. 
Um, all right, Deb. Deb, what's up? Thank you so much for, for hanging out this week. Um, you have a, a wonderful weight loss question. Um, when I meet my weight loss goal with intermittent fasting, IF, uh, in low carb, how do I maintain that, that, and they, that they don't lose more? So it seems like this is a maintenance question. Um, she's done a great job of getting the weight off. She's been intermittent fasting. Um, what's, what's kind of your tips for, uh, maintaining that weight loss that, that she's worked hard for? I can't understand if, if you want to lose more weight from that question, or if you want to just maintain your weight and not lose more. That's the way I took it. But I think that, um, I think that's what it is. I think if she, she wants to maintain and not lose any more. Uh, I'm guessing not Deb, lose you, more. Can, you can correct then me if I'm wrong. I probably, I probably eat more calories. Um, you know, again, you, the amount of calories still matter. I think trying to lose weight is more with lowering your carbs, but um, and certainly you need to eat more of the good fats, moderate protein. Remember, if you eat too much protein, it turns to sugar through your liver, gluconeogenesis. But um, you can certainly eat too much protein. Plus, too much protein can put a lot of pressure on your kidneys. But, um, you know, count your calories, do your macros, assess your activity level, and you'll kind of play on with it and, and know what you can eat and what you can't. I mean, some people need to eat a little more if they're really active. So, um, oh, but great question on that one. No, that's a, that's you know, a really good question. Get, look at your sleep patterns. Look at your hormone levels, um, your thyroid, your adrenals. Um, it's a, it's a kind of a symphony of different, hormones that are interacting here and then notwithstanding what you're just talking about eating your food your macros um so it can be it can be a lot to follow that but i hope you're meeting your goals um and just don't get too obsessed with it where you know you can't be happy and, and have fun so yeah, I, I think I think that's actually real important. You know, once you've once you've gotten to where you want to go, um, it seems like it would be a healthy thing to to throw in some rewards every once in a while, and you know, um, give yourself a pat on the back. That's awesome, Deb. Um, okay, so let's go to Janet. What's up, Janet? Thank you for for hanging out. Always good to see you. Um, Janet asks, you had recommended that I start a supplement of DHEA. I did get some from Life Extension, but the label says, do not take if you have had breast cancer, which I have. So now I'm unsure if I should take it. What do you think? Yeah, I hope I told you to take uh, keto DHEA. You need to do the keto form of DHEA. Uh, yeah, if you've had breast cancer, uh, you don't want to take regular DHEA. Um, it probably wouldn't hurt you. But, and that warning is probably superfluous, but take keto DHEA, which we can order some from Life Extension. It usually comes in 75 milligram, but keto DHEA is what you want. Um, very safe. Janet, thank you for asking that question. What I can do is I'll... Uh, because, I can, because it is a hormone. Got it. Because I can, it is a hormone. I can DM you that, uh, a link to that, uh, on life extensions website, Dan, if you'd like, um, sounds like a keto DHEA is what you're, what you're after. Um, hope that, hope that helps. Um, okay. 
Mark, what's going on, man? It's long time no see. Hope you're doing well, man. Um, Mark on YouTube asks, can ivermectin be a useful anti-inflammatory agent as an alternative to naltrexone? You know, you're, Mark, you're the second person that's asked me that today. And, you know, certainly um, we use a lot of hydroxychloroquine as an anti-inflammatory. I think it works really well. We even use HCG as an anti-inflammatory, which is a hormone uh, that we use for a lot of things. But, um, you know, I haven't really used it as an anti-inflammatory. Um, I love the low-dose naltrexone. Um, it works by a little, little different mechanism than in an anti-inflammatory. It really works on your, um, release of, uh, it's an opiate block receptor blocker and it paradoxically, um, causes your brain to release more of its own endogenous endorphins, which are those feel good hormones, runners, high hormones, that type of thing. Um, but certainly I'm taking out myself as a prevention to COVID. I've been doing it for months now and it's an anti-parasite drug. Um, but I, I'm just hesitant about using, uh, too much of that as an anti-inflammatory on a chronic basis. Um, you know, I just almost kind of worry about if you used it daily for long periods of time, what it would do to your gut flora a little bit. So, I mean, Mark, talking about deep dive, dive's our new word today. I love that word that we're using today. <laughs> but uh, Mark will take a deep dive on that and He'll send me a, a whole book of stuff that high. Mark is one of the most smartest, most genius guys I know. I mean, man, Mark takes it deep. Mark, we love we, you, Mark. His stuff. we 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 do love Mark, and 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 I think that's actually it's a really good question. And any time that um, you're getting the the same question more than once in a day means that you know something we need to um, put out some content on. So thank you for that, Mark. And uh, we certainly do love you, man. Thank you for joining us uh, today. Hope you'll come next week. And we'll, um, gosh, I'm, I'm sure we'll we'll get some we'll get some great articles on that from Mark. I'm sure. Um, Melanie, yeah, we're food just that Mark really good. That, that food was so good, Mark. <laughs> Melanie, we're thankful Mark for you. Brings me something really healthy, like occasionally a donut, which isn't that healthy. But if it is a donut that Mark brings, it's all real healthy sourdough. Mark, don't bring any donuts, Mark. Come on, man. We can't, we can't have those in the, in the yeah. office. Um, but I tell you what, Melanie, we're thankful for you. Um, our staff is thankful for you. I'm, I'm thankful for our staff, as is Doc. Uh, thank you. Um, Grandma, thank you so much for being here, Grandma. We love you. We love you to death. She's up in uh, Highlands right now. What's going on? Uh, Corey, hello, hello. Um, Carla's got a great question here. I'm going to jump into that. Um, Carla asks, we take 5,000 units of D3 daily. Is that a good dosage now that, uh, warmer weather is here or should we back off? What's a good dosage for kids? That's a very common question. Great question. Yeah. Um, I would keep taking the D3 every day. Um, even though the summer's about here, you still need to get, natural sunshine but you know one good way is just to check your levels and see where you are but like i take ten thousand units during covid uh season which has been the last over a year 
and uh, because I used to take 5,000. Remember, if you're certain, if you're over 40, your D needs vitamin K in it. So D with K is a very good supplement for those over 40. Um, it just allows the D to bring the calcium into your bones, not your arteries. Um, but definitely get sunshine and um, just don't let the sun burn. Get out in the sun, though. You can get a tan. Just don't burn yourself. The burns are what lead to skin cancer, not the tans. Um, so check levels and see, but I certainly would, a baseline of 5,000 is good. I like to see a high vitamin level, especially with all this COVID going on. I mean, vitamin D is so anti-COVID, it's unbelievable. But as far as kids, it depends on the age of the kids, but you can get the drops. Um, and I think one drop sublingual under the tongue has 2,000 units. So it depends on the age, but, um, and again, you can check their levels as well. But um, I mean, like for say a five-year-old, you know, one drop on the tongue is probably good, but um, get your kids out in the sun as well. Uh, but nine out of 10 people that have to be hospitalized with COVID have a low vitamin D level. So take your vitamin D. The only time I've ever heard of an overdose of vitamin D, which is hard to do, is with kids, though. And it was, it was somebody that had advised their small kids to take under-the-tongue drops. And it was really one drop that, that they had, the pediatrician had advised, and they'd use one dropper full. So they got way, way high on their vitamin D levels started getting toxic, having, you know, mental status disorders, that type thing. So look at the dose on that and don't give them a whole drop or full, um, one or two drops. Uh, so great question though. Great question. Uh, it's a great question about the kids. And, and is that because our D levels as we get older go down, just like all of our other hormones? Why, why do, um, I need more D than say, you know, a, a younger kid. Is that just something that decreases as we age? Well, vitamin D is a hormone. So yeah, because you get it from the sun and you get very little through food. I mean, when it says fortify with D, there's not enough in there. Kids, they just make more vitamin D when the sun hits their skin. Mm. As, as you get older, um, you have your skin gets thinner and you want you don't have enough activity to kind of convert it into the active form of vitamin d so that's right as you get older you, you don't get as much and, and just to follow up uh carla right. says uh her kids are 10 13 and 16 and they're taking a thousand units daily is that good yeah i mean you could i'd probably to be honest with you i'd probably bump that up a little bit and um I'd probably have the 16-year-old taking 3,000, the 10-year-old, the 10 to 13 probably taking 2,000 a day. But check the levels too. It's all on the levels. But that would certainly be safe doses for them if you don't want to check levels. Um, all right. Thank you for okay. thank you for that, Good. Carl. I'm, I'm gonna we're, we got a, a couple of vitamin D questions. I'll go ahead and put Brandy's up here. Thank you, Brandy, for for hanging out. Brandy, you're always awesome. Always awesome to see you. Um, on the vitamin D question, if I take the one with K and do 10,000, will I get too much of the K? Should I get one without K and do one of each? 
That's a great question. By the way, is that Chad in there with you in your picture? <laughs> I assume it is. I hope it is. Uh, <laughs> anyway, how you doing, Brandy? Um, yeah, what I do, I take one with K and the other D3 without it. So take one with K and the other one without it. Yeah, do one of each. So perfect. So just two two pills is what I'm what I'm hearing from you. Yeah, one of them has the K in it. The other was a plain three. Remember D three, not D D two. D three. And just so you know, it, it is Chad. It's Chad. Um. Oh, thank <laughs> good. Thank goodness that's Chad. <laughs> okay, let's see here. I'm gonna go to Tracy's question. Um, Tracy asks, hello, Tracy. Thank you for hanging out, man. Um, are you seeing people that are testing positive for COVID-19 after they've had the vaccine? It's a common, yes. very good question. Yes. Yeah, I am. Um, I think one day last week, we treated 14 COVID patients all by phone in one day. And out of the 14, it was either five or six that had had the shot that week so makes you wonder a little bit <laughs> i think i have seen the vaccine unfortunately give people full-blown covid so and I, I presume that's why we're seeing a spike in covid around here is because the vaccine is giving some people covid or maybe even making them more transmittable i don't know but you know a lot of stuff we don't know about this darn vaccine and we don't know a lot about covid still after a year and two months of it. So, yes, I have seen that. i got to be honest, and I've seen it with this COVID thing. I mean, for as long as the vaccine's been out there, I've seen it give a few people COVID. I'm not saying don't take the vaccine or take the vaccine. Make your own decision. But, um, you know, I have, certain, I have seen people get COVID uh, three to five days after they took the vaccine. And some of them had a mild case. Some of them had a pretty severe case. I don't think I've seen anybody that had to be hospitalized with it, but you know, I'm sure they're out there. All right. Thank you for that, Tracy. Uh, we're going to go to Gwen has a great question. Um, hello, Gwen. Thanks for, for hanging out. Um, this is a Saxenda question. Uh, do you think Saxenda works as well as Ozempic for weight loss if insurance won't pay for Ozempic? Great question. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, it's the same type of medication. It's a daily medication instead of once a week, but yeah, I think it works real well. Um, and if your insurance covers that and Ozempic, uh, then definitely take the Saxenda. You can work the dose up a little higher too. So it may work better. Um, so I'm all for it. Awesome question. We're getting a lot, you know, we've, we've put out a, a, a couple videos on Ozempic. Um, and you know, a lot of the, the, results and what's happening with Ozempic is, you know, very similar in Saxenda. Um, so be sure to go check those out. Um, Julie Ashens, uh, one of our wonderful team members up in Kingsport, uh, had a great video on Ozempic. It's on the YouTube channel. Um, okay, let's see here. Um, Corey, what's up, man? Uh, Corey has, um, oh, this is a, man, this is a um, comment. I'm sorry to hear this. Having an acquaintance that's currently in ICU fighting for his life after he got the vaccine. Sorry, man, I hate that. Um, Thoughts and prayers out yeah. to your out to your friend. Thanks for the, thanks for the comment. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of scary. I'm not trying to scare people off of vaccine, but um, certainly can 
I think it can cause COVID. I really do. Uh, for the most people, no. But, um, you know, you have to make your own decision about whether you take the vaccine or not. Um, even though the J&J &J vaccine caused some blood clotting and they're currently on hold, I assume it's going to be back on the market soon. I bet you it's on the market this week. Um, six uh, women between the age of 20 and 40-some um, developed blood clots. One of them died from it. Um, but that has been over seven, that's over seven million that took it, six. And COVID itself can cause blood clots, as you know. You know, you should probably, I, I'm big on taking a, an 81 milligram aspirin daily for most people anyway. Um, so, um, can, can you say, J &J, I think. Can, can you mention the, the age group with the low dose aspirin? Cause you do, you do talk about that a lot. I just want to make sure people, people know that age age start i think i think anybody over age 40 45 uh, should unless they have an ulcer for some reason they can't tolerate aspirin um should think about taking a, an aspirin every day um all right well for protective reasons well doc man that that looks like it looks like we are we are done with the questions man I, I i tell you what one thing actually i gotta say i gotta do this i saw something let's see you know, Lisa, we love you too. Thank you for being here. We, we, you know, it, it makes me want to just stay on here a little bit longer, uh, getting some, some comments like that, Lisa. Thank you. Um, thank you for that. And thank you to everybody who's been hanging out. Um, this has been our live Q and a show. And I just want to remind everybody once we, before we leave here, uh, if you do have a question, um, and you want to ask it during the week, just go ahead and email that to info at performancemedicine.net. A lot of you are already doing that, and we really appreciate it. Um, just put in the comments, live Q&A question or just question, and I'll be sure to kind of comb through those and make sure that that gets on uh, the show the following week. Um, Doc, any closing thoughts, man? Yeah. Oh, those are great questions. Uh, always kind of challenging me to, to try to Field some of those questions. Great, great question. I think we had one more, but I wasn't able to get the the end of it. Something of that short. But uh, uh, Karen had a question. I'm not sure what the question was. Let's see if I if I haven't um, missed one. If I've missed one, I'm so sorry, guys. Uh, what I'll do is I'll make sure I go through here um, later on this evening. See if we haven't uh, if we got all these answered or not. Um, I think we did, um, but if not, we'll get it to we'll we'll get it on the show next week. I promise, um, guys. Thank you so much. We're gonna we're gonna sign off, Dr. Rogers. I appreciate you. This has been a blast at all, as always. Um, go get outside. It's it, it looks beautiful out. Hope everybody does the same. Um, and as always, we're gonna see you guys next week. See you, Doc. Thanks, Ben. All right, here we go. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.